We're here. What's up, everybody? My name is Jordan the Giant Cassatt, and you're listening to the Stolen Gimmicks Pro Wrestling Podcast. I'm joined by my co-host, Joe. What's up, guys? Uh, kind of a somber edition. Um, we had one in the can. We had some audio issues, so this is kind of a retake, but it's honestly for the best because we recorded that way back on Tuesday, and then shit hit the fan later in the week. Yes, so. um, we- Terrible, terrible losses in Terry Funk and Bray Wyatt this week. Um, and we wanted to have a little tribute show here um, to talk about these two uh, legends of the industry. And I, uh, we wanted to bring on one of my best friends. He is the biggest Bray Wyatt fan I know. He is an artist. He has incredible Bray Wyatt art he's made. Um, so, Christopher Matson, how you doing, man? Oh, this is a, a terrible weekend. I think yeah. we can all agree. Absolutely, absolutely, man. Yeah, um, I, I want to mention. I think this is the first like active roster death since probably Eddie and Benoit. Eddie right? Guerrero, absolutely, Eddie Guerrero. I would. Well, like, I mean, Benoit was after Eddie, but still the same kind of. Oh, like, when Ben when Benoit went before the news came out. Uh, yeah, I was again crushed. I mean, the, right. the alternate news that came out afterwards, kind of soften that but of course it feels like eddie through and through i feel like i lost a brother and i met the man for a few seconds yeah and you also uh, had some great social interactions with him and i would say like your your instagram is like dedicated to him because you make a lot of artwork based on bray white's characters based on mock characters they made up like behind the scenes that they never used you have incredible sculptures and custom action figures you make um he's also interacted with you on twitter a few times and uh just i i, I know for me bray wyatt's one of my favorites but i can't imagine how you feel um th- this is huge like a lot of people don't understand like oh a celebrity died oh big whoops but this man we've been watching on tv for 10 years and for us we take wrestling very seriously and to us Honestly, it, it felt like a family member died, and I, I've never felt that with a celebrity. This one absolutely crushed me. 36 years old. He had COVID earlier in the year. He passed away from a heart attack here. Um, and Very, very unfortunate stuff. Um, so I, I guess we can talk about, like, what are your, some of your favorite Bray Wyatt memories, like matches, moments? Um, anything, guys? Yeah, for, for me, I, I'll, I'll start off with um initially programming the Wyatt family with the shield um that's just excellent matchmaking uh both trios worked off each other very well and i remember those matches very fondly um re- that's what really got me into the wyatts because to be honest the shield got old at a certain point and i was ready to have somebody beat them and the wyatts came in and they were the brand new threat and I thought they were very cool, and their promos 
really sold everything about them to me. So yeah, yeah I, I would everything say that the shield wasn't. Yeah, that, that that was definitely the beginning of of me liking Burry was was that. So what were you gonna say, Chris? Oh, I was just agreeing with that uh, fully. They were everything that the shield wasn't. And yeah, yeah. It was, I uh, I my first memory of Bray Wyatt was actually like I kind of like it was it was like right before like uh, NXT was a real big thing, and I was actually at um a smackdown taping and before the show he had a dark match and i was like i know that guy i've seen him and i was like i think that's also husky harris and it was really cool and i'll always remember that because everyone was like who's this guy wrestling on the dark match before the show um very cool then he had that program with kane to welcome him in and it's just um so many great memories he's a three-time world champion uh multiple time tag team champion um Main event matches two with Randy Orton, two with John Cena. He had one with The Undertaker. Um, awesome stuff. Um, it just, it's just so sad to see. Yeah, he, he's an active competitor, like active competitor, came out of nowhere. And honestly, I think you can look at his career and he's a bona fide Hall of Famer. Um, just awful stuff. It's not even a question. There's people in the Hall of Fame that have far less on their mm-hmm. resume. Yeah. Um, I, I think that without a doubt, he's, he's definitely a, um, hall of famer. I don't think that's a, a question. And, and, and in fact, he should definitely be the headliner next year. Yeah. I think he uh, was, go ahead, Chris. he was a hollow. He was a hall of famer before he died. Yeah, uh, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I no. think even before the fiend, you could consider him a, a hall of famer because I mean, there was a point Absolutely. in time where after he won the WWE championship for the first time, they kind of, they kind of put him on the back burner there for a few years. And and he did the stuff with uh, Matt Hardy. And I think that kind of got the creative juices flowing again. And, and he took that break and came back as the fiend and kind of um, reignited everything again. And, and he was kind of, the, I would say besides Roman, he was the guy in WWE during the pandemic. Yeah, so. absolutely. He made the pandemic like, watchable for many people i i know he, he has an insane fan base and uh chris is definitely one of them uh so um you're calling him insane <laughs> that's not not it's probably accurate <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but like the fiend is probably like one of if not the coolest character in wrestling history in my opinion um the coolest looking um move set was cool i uh a lot of people like to say that Bray Wyatt's matches weren't the greatest, but wrestling isn't, even though it's called wrestling, it's not all about the greatest matches. It's about the moments. It's about the characters. And I think Bray Wyatt is that perfect medium. And yeah, I, I love Bray Wyatt. That, and yeah. What's that's up? how Taker stuck around for 30 years. You know, even when he couldn't put on the great performances anymore, uh, he, he it was all the moments you know and and he was able to even share some of those with bray um <clears throat> i i think that people devalue the moments wrestlers because they're they're not putting on your brian danielson five-star classics every time they step through the ropes but people have to realize wrestling's for everybody there's got to be something for everybody so of course bray is going to be what certain people are are um driven towards and, and a lot of people including myself, that was the case. You know, Bray probably, I would say, since Jeff Hardy has been like 
the guy with the most devoted fan base. Like I haven't seen a fan base this strong since probably Jeff before he left WWE. Yeah, absolutely. The first time. Yeah, so. for sure. Um, I I know um, Mattel has said pretty indirectly that the Fiend action figure is the highest selling action figure in Mattel's history. Oh, I believe it. Or wrestling Mattel WWE's history. Pretty wild. I know I own that Elite <laughs> 77 yeah. is the first one. They yeah. might consider the like three or four remakes they did of it. Oh, just... yeah. They pumped <laughs> that thing because it was selling like hotcakes for a while, man. Yeah. That that first figure was great, too. Um, I really like that. For, like, there hasn't been a bad fiend figure, you know. Yeah. Um, there was the Firefly Funhouse Except for the... figure that was a little dull. But other than that. And the Burnt Fiend. You didn't. Oh, the, the bird feed figure. Because you made a much better one. <laughs> <laughs> it's just living proof that it could have been much better. Uh, yeah, yeah your, yours is incredible. Like, I absolutely. <laughs> that's actually how I found you, I, I think. I think I, that's the first thing that I saw. And then I saw that you were following Jordan. I was like, holy hell, that is a great custom. And, and I dropped a follow soon yeah. after. <laughs> I definitely, I definitely uh, uh, found you from that one of the Bray figures. It might have been that one. Yeah, yeah Chris, his uh, artwork is incredible. Um, you all should go check him out on uh, Instagram at L Noodles. Um, we'll we'll put a link uh, and everything wherever you find this podcast. But um, yeah, like you, you've done a lot of Bray Wyatt uh, artwork. What's your favorite thing that you have worked on? Uh, the absolute first sculpture uh of the fiend mask that i that i made after he had debuted the mask in that vignette mm-hmm. uh uh it had been years since i did anything without getting too far into it i've i'm depressed a lot and mm-hmm. my will to do anything creative has has been gone uh-huh. it was like that for years and then he debuted this character that for some reason i feel like i understood immediately and completely and still with all of the puzzles and all of the clues and all of the cryptic hints uh and i still feel like i understand it uh m- more than most mm-hmm. uh people call the guy the next undertaker and that makes no sense to me because this character was nothing like the undertaker yeah uh, it was unique not, there was not not less than absolutely not less than in my opinion oh uh, yeah he, he I, okay i'm sorry I, y'all y'all know my point of view on on the fiend character in general mm-hmm. uh is that bray wyatt the man suffered a lot of losses in his career that from a story perspective made no sense and caused real damage to the man's career and i was in the arena for wrestlemania 30 and if the undertaker had not been unexpectedly knocked out by brock lesnar for his first loss ever at wrestlemania the most egregious thing that happened in that building was bray wyatt losing to john cena yeah. They could have launched him that night. Uh, Big agree. People look at that WrestleMania with rose-covered glasses 
But outside of the Daniel Bryan moment, there's not a lot on that WrestleMania that was done correctly. There's a lot of misses, in my opinion. But the the Daniel Bryan um, yes movement thing really saved that show. Yeah, it put a nice cap on it. But mm-hmm. if The Undertaker would have beat Brock, like I think the plan was, uh, the most terrible thing that would have happened on that show, absolutely, 100%, was Bray losing. He yeah. shouldn't. Uh, but yeah, I've I've loved him and appreciated him and felt bad for the shitty booking that he doesn't deserve because they could have made him years ago. What are we at? WrestleMania 39 now? Yeah. That was nine years ago. He could have been at the top. The, the guy who beat John Cena at WrestleMania while John Cena was at the top. Yeah. Maybe the poor dude suffered his whole career with being misunderstood and... I connected with that and uh, that fiend mass when he debuted it, I understood it as a fictional and meta realization of getting revenge, fictional revenge on the people that had caused real damage to his career. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's an allegory for defending your mental capacity for protecting yourself when you feel like you can't and he created a whole persona yeah that protects the rest of him uh that protects him from people who criticize his matches uh even the rabbit uh talks about it tries to spill his secrets all the time there's so many crazy random things that all speak to the the meta of how he's been treated his whole career I love this character. Yeah, absolutely. It's, Sorry, go ahead. It's about mental it's about mental health. Yeah. And it's one of the most important character stories that he could possibly be telling. And people wash it off all the time as spooky monster stuff because sometimes I he's not allowed to tell his whole story. Yeah, you're the always one. Is baffling sometimes. <laughs> yeah. You're always the one when people are like, "Oh, yeah, he's uh, paranormal," and you're like, "He's not paranormal. It's about mental health." And, and like, and I think his current character that he was going into was really going to dive into that more, but unfortunately, we we never got to see that. Um, and it, it, it's it's just really shitty. plus the forced sponsorship down our throat that that really ruined that entire presentation in my eyes. I, I I've been on this podcast before talking about how much I hate the four sponsorships. Mm-hmm. And that was Bray's first match back in a long time. And you ruined it with the Mountain Dew shit. I'm sorry. I, I, I kind of loved the dark, uh, the black lights. I, I thought it looked cool and like a lot of cool characters, but I get what you're saying there. Um, but Chris, I, said- I have to agree. With, I have to agree with Jordan. I, I, there's probably a time I wouldn't have enjoyed that. Maybe it's because I love Bray Wyatt as a mm-hmm. human being, but I enjoyed that match. Uh, no, I'm not talking about the match. I'm talking about the Mountain Dew logo in the middle of the ring. That's pointless. Oh, I thought I was going to hate its involvement, but it really had no involvement other than they were using black lights, and it, at least it made sense to me. Like, yeah, and even like just at as, least there wasn't a Mountain Dew creature at ringside in a costume. Uh, <laughs> that like the cinnamon toast guy. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan loved that shit too. So. <laughs> No. Um, so Chris, you said about the, the John Cena loss and um, they kind of like tried to fix that at WrestleMania 36 
pandemic kind of ruined it. Um, but I, I still feel like what, what are your views on the Firefly Funhouse match at WrestleMania 36? Without stalling too long, I think it's one of the most intelligent breakdowns of a person's career. Mm-hmm. It was it wasn't it wasn't really a match. If you want to call it a match, fine. It was probably a terrible match. Yeah. But it was a roast of John Cena's entire career. And it was essentially revenge. 100% for that loss at WrestleMania 30 that mm-hmm. cost him so much. Uh, yeah. And it was an acknowledgement from John Cena that, yeah, I probably shouldn't have leveraged the wishes of Make-A-Wish children to win that night uh, and <laughs> let you win like the story should have been. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I um. hate I, I hated John Cena so much for that night that that's when I birthed the idea that all of his wins come from him using the Make-A-Wish kids. Be like, oh, now that John Cena's here, what's your wish? Well, it was to see you, John. Well, no, I'm already here. What about this Sunday? Don't you want to see me retain <laughs> my title? I mean, you might not get many more Sundays, right? Oh, that's then, awful. <laughs> turn around to Vince. Hey, man. This poor kid, he can't see me lose Sunday. And he did that for what, eight years straight? Yeah. Um, That's why he's answered more make-a-wishes than any person or organization in existence. It's politics. For his win record. (laughs) Yeah. It's the most vile, conniving, and uh, successful streak of uh, abuse possible. (laughs) Um. Going uh, after, like, I kind of saw that as revenge, too, like, for for his loss against John Cena. And then going into WrestleMania 37, I thought he was going to get revenge for Randy Orton's ridiculous win over him at WrestleMania 33. Um, That wasn't the case. Uh, Randy Orton won. Uh, What do you think about that match? I personally was not a fan. And Randy Orton's my all-time favorite wrestler. So That was a nightmare. Again, everything about that story told a different ending than the one that they went with uh it it was like they got scared last minute and just decided you know what uh we're just not gonna do that wow we don't know what we're gonna do going forward we want you to be a spooky monster and you keep telling me this is psychological so we don't understand we're gonna let randy win that kind of crap like (laughs) yeah um yeah i i definitely wasn't a fan of that but um it was terrible creative and i don't think that had anything to do with bray mm-hmm. but everything about his return i loved everything about his return up until the end when uh, wait are we talking about different returns yeah i'm talking about the return at wrestlemania when he came out of the box mm-hmm. like after and then alexa bliss yeah yeah when alexa bliss started spitting up all the goo and he <laughs> had to take a pinfall yeah, that was horrible, nonsensical creative that obviously they didn't have anywhere to go with it after that. And yeah. you could tell by the booking of both characters, which were nonsensical, that they hadn't they had no idea what they were doing with that story. Yeah. Um, and then unfortunately, well, a couple of months after that, um, you and I actually I came down to Texas and we went to Money in the Bank and we were all just like, oh, Bray Wyatt could come back tonight. Bray Wyatt could come back tonight. And then the next week he's released. 
and he's gone. Um, and then what a year and a half later, uh, Extreme Rules last year, he returns. Um, I was also there. Um, not not trying to rub that in, but the greatest moment of being in a wrestling arena ever was that. And especially now, after like he's passed away, like looking back at that, so special. Probably my favorite just moment as a fan ever. Um don't don't apologize for that because that's why we go to these things. So we yeah, have to talk about them and remember them. Yeah. And I remember after it, I texted you. I'm like, I really wish you were there. And I, I really like that would have been perfect having you there. Um, but his return, like so special. The QR codes, um, just incredible. Like, uh, I, I, I don't even know what to say. It's just what, what do you think? The of- promo. The promo. So mm-hmm. good. I mean, all of it. Yeah, I enjoy. I enjoyed all of it, and I, th- I think I know where that story was going. I mean, I only have guesses and theories at this point, mm-hmm. but I think Howdy was a separate person. It wasn't Bray, because, like I said, Bray is not supernatural, so he's not going to be in two places at one time. Mm-hmm. I think that was somebody manipulating the fact that Bray has multiple personalities, and he's manipulating the weaker ones. Uh, and getting into the head of Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Uh, and then the reveal, obviously, there's the the list of who we could talk about, whoever Howdy is. But anyways, yes, uh, I, I was enjoying that story until it went nowhere. Yeah, very unfortunate. He was going to wrestle Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania. That never happened. Um, and now, now, unfortunately, he's gone. Um, I'm a, for a minute here, I guess we should talk a little bit about Terry Funk. Um, passed away the night before Bray Wyatt did. Um, Joe, do you have anything to say about Terry Funk? I personally am not too familiar with Terry Funk. Obviously, I've seen Chainsaw Charlie's stuff, uh, the stuff he did with Mick Foley in the Attitude Era. Um, what do you got for us, Joe? Been pretty quiet. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, no, I'm just enjoying the the Bray Wyatt lore. Not much to add. I mean, you guys are pretty much going over it just fine. Um, but as far as Terry goes, I, I really didn't get to catch a lot of him when he was active of course because i'm too young but i did see him on that fabled wrestlemania 14 tape that i've talked about before in that dumpster tag team match with uh the new age outlaws him and foley and that was my first exposure to him and i thought man that's just an old man what's so good about him and then uh like a year later i remember watching beyond the mat for the first time and i was Oh man, I have to I, I have to research this guy. So periodically throughout the years on YouTube, I've I've watched a lot of old Terry Funk promos and matches. And even like a month ago, I was watching him and Brody in Japan, and it was phenomenal. And uh I recommend that that match to anybody that that hasn't seen a younger Terry Funk, but still middle-aged and crazy. Um that that match is very good and it's Right, it's the first video on YouTube when you type in Terry Funk and Bruiser Brody. Um, but yeah, I, as far as Terry Funk goes, Icon basically invented um, the idea of hardcore wrestling, but still being um, a storytelling device and not as much bullshit, you know, because a lot of hardcore wrestling was viewed as such. Um, Terry Funk really brought a lot of uh, story and substance to what many call garbage hardcore wrestling. So I've got a lot of respect for Funk, and he he laid the groundwork for a lot of people in the business right now. 
Yeah, the, the main thing I know about Terry Funk is when his shoe fell off when he was helping. Uh, yes, uh, <laughs> he got choke slammed out of his shoe by Undertaker during yeah. the uh, during the Mankind Taker Hell in a Cell at King of the Ring '98. Yeah, I uh, I heard that he had really good matches with uh, Onita, uh, exploding yes. barbed death matches and stuff. The first one did it much better than AEW. <laughs> <laughs> yes, over in Japan, Onita knows how to do explosions. I wish that 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 match for AEW didn't take place during the pandemic because i think they were going to ha- actually have at least onita over and maybe he could have given them some pointers on how to actually do the explosions yeah that would be nice um, <laughs> right but yeah I, I that that match also another storytelling device like yes it did have your blood and your and your um violence and your gore but the storytelling in that match alone just that's a prime example of how good of a professional wrestler Terry Funk was as far as creating moments and stories in the ring. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely a pioneer. Chris, anything to add on Terry Funk? Oh, the, absolutely. A hundred percent a legend. I, I feel like if he had died anywhere in the last 30 years, it still would have been the exact same reception for the man. He's mm-hmm. just been a constant, even from a child, uh, even as a child, I recognized him as too old. And there he was his whole career, <laughs> kicking ass with everybody else, obviously refusing to throw a fake punch at anybody or take one from anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he was just a, a, a hardcore dude all the way through to the very end of his life. Badass dude. 100%. Yeah, awesome. I, I would also like to mention Terry Funk is one of those few guys from that era that you could type in Terry Funk and the word controversy after it, and you won't get anything. <laughs> Terry awesome. Funk has Terry Funk has been an absolute gem of a person. You never hear anything bad. He's done way more than he is required to do in terms of helping the wrestling business and helping people in general. I think I think Terry Funk was an A one man and an A one wrestler. So the, there should be nothing negative from anybody as far as the Funker goes. So. Yeah, awesome. Um, you guys want to get into some SmackDown here, and just since it was a tribute show, I get, it's it's not much here, um, but I figured we can talk about the different tributes. Is that cool with you guys? Oh, absolutely. The show yeah, in general cool. was was garbage to say the least, uh, but <laughs> absolutely one hundred percent. The focus was and should have been Terry Funk and Bray Wyatt. Yep, so right. they almost didn't need any matches for me. I could have yeah. spent the whole night listening to people talk about those two people. I would have preferred uh, no matches, but yeah. it, it is what it is. You already had the people in the in the arena. I understand what would have happened if they did not have any matches. All right, so let's just get into the SmackDown card here. Um, they open the show um, with a Bray Wyatt and Terry Funk little 10 bell salute which i uh thought was really nice wwe doesn't do very many 10 bell salutes um very i, I don't know 10 bell salutes I, I love the idea of them but i hate to watch them obviously i um, i'm trying to remember the last one maybe it was uh pat patterson i think it was I pat patterson yeah and i i it's either it's either if it's somebody that's active or if it's somebody that's a huge part of the wwe family mm-hmm. you know like pat was so yeah it's very rare like i don't think terry funk would have got one but because bray wyatt was a current day and terry funk died the day before i think they just put them in together which i completely understand um sounds good but then 
they did what WWE does best, and they had this beautiful Bray Wyatt video package, and um, then they showed the, the the stage that had all the wrestlers on it. We had uh, Braun Strowman, who's currently out on injury, was there, and Eric Rowan, who currently isn't with WWE, was also there. On it. it was very, it was very nice. Um, it sucked to see, but it was very nice. Um, and then it panned to a rocking chair, and they put the spotlight on the rocking chair. Very beautiful tribute. What'd you guys think? The videos that they do, the highlight videos that they do when people pass are always the best videos ever. Like I've, I'll find myself going back and watching some of the old videos, like the Dusty Rhodes video and a few other people. I think Piper's is very good as well. But just like, it sucks that when they pass, now you get the four minute career tribute of like all your best moments and, and stuff. Like it kind of sucks, but yeah, I, I, I thought that the overall tribute was very good and the crowd um, seeing the, uh, he's got the whole world in his hands on their own was a very nice touch. I also thought it was beautiful. Uh, the whole thing was really well done. Yeah. Uh, the whole weekend, uh, I'd been avoiding looking into it and uh, trying to concentrate on work and ignore it. And I knew that it would be real the moment SmackDown started. And I saw all of those people on that stage and I knew it was going to start that way. And that's exactly how they started it. And that was the, the first time that I, I acknowledged that the Im impossible very much happened and we lost somebody very important to, to a lot of people. Uh, it's very sad and it's very terrible, but the tribute was amazing. Uh, uh, we're probably going to talk about it later, but LA Knight said something that echoed my feelings a hundred percent that I don't normally break down at shit. Mm -hmm. But when I saw, when they get to the photos with his family, yeah, I, I lost it. Yeah. I'm, still trying not to now thinking about it mm -hmm. yeah it's, it's awful like obviously he has so many friends and family but the fact that he has um young children makes it so much worse so much worse awful um yeah and for me as a kid like when you you see uh wrestlers cry you're like oh wow like the wrestlers are crying like you know something terrible happened um, and that's how it was last night, just seeing wrestlers on the stage crying. And then it's just like, damn, this, it, it sucked. It really did suck. Um, and then Michael Cole and well, the commentary team, they said, well, just what they would want us to do. We're here to entertain. And we did have some matches last night. Um, and we started off with Rey Mysterio versus Grayson Waller. Uh, Rey Mysterio wins. Austin Theory and Santos Escobar got got involved. We're going to have a tag team match next week in Hershey. Um Cool. Uh, like I said, I really wasn't into SmackDown for the matches last night, but I can't complain. It is wrestling, and um, nothing came off as offensive or anything. So uh, I, I enjoyed being able to watch them wrestling. Uh, but then they showed a QR code on the screen and like a little bit, a little, um, I think it was like just the Wyatt family coming in. And then if you scan the QR code, it took you to their YouTube page, which had the full video of the Bray, uh, the 
the Wyatt family's debut. And I thought that was a really cool touch throughout the night. They did that. Um, they had little QR codes. You can scan and go to the full video of the moments of Bray Wyatt's career. Um, so yeah, so many great moments, so many great moments. Um, but yeah, the QR code was a nice callback to the, yeah. um, to, to what we were doing when the white rabbit stuff popped up. Yeah. Um, that was, that was pretty, uh, I, I thought that was a very clever way to, to highlight some of Bray's best moments. Yep. I love that. And the QR code that they, that they did last year with the build up to extreme rules is one of the coolest things WWE has ever done. Like it, it's, you got to really be paying attention to see these QR codes and everyone was scanning them and everyone was sharing them. It was honestly one of the coolest times to be a wrestling fan on Twitter and being a wrestling fan on Twitter is not always fun, but it was really cool. And that was a great callback to that. Um, so, yeah. Um, when have we ever got to be so involved? It was yeah. so much fun. It was yeah. so engaging. <laughs> yeah. I, I was waiting for him to start it up again for his uh, uh, return coming back soon. And uh, Yeah. I, I thought that would have been the perfect way to have him return to do the QR codes again. Um, but yeah, we we went into another match. We had Zelina Vega versus EO uh Sky, EO Sky wins. Um and then Cody Rhodes comes out and cuts a beautiful promo about Terry Funk. He talked a little bit about Bray White, called them cowboys. Um, and then we had a Terry Funk tribute video. Great as always. Um Cody Rhodes is so damn likable. I think if he if he went to be a president, I'd vote for him. Like he's just that that fucking cool um, and professional, and he's great. Um, and then he announced that they were going to have a hardcore tag team match in honor of Terry Funk. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> they were what? what 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 were they going to have? <laughs> yeah, um, they had a table spot in a tag team match, and they called it hardcore. Um, uh, a Terry Funk <laughs> hardcore match. That's what they call it. Yep. I'm not going to shit on it because it's whatever, but it definitely wasn't hardcore. <laughs> it definitely um, was no Terry Funk hardcore match, yeah. but it is what it is. I'm not going to sit here and complain on a, on a night like that. Yeah. But it, if if I had to say anything, kind of a kind of a miss. Like, what were you thinking? But yeah. That, yeah, they should have called it a uh, Terry Funk Texas Tornado match or something. Uh, but yeah, definitely not hardcore. Um, Street Profits won. Bobby Lashley got involved. First time we've seen Bobby Lashley get involved uh, physically in a, quite a while. Um, but then we got to the main event. LA Knight came out and cut a great promo um, talking about Bray Wyatt and how they weren't the greatest of friends. Um, but Bray Wyatt, like honestly, Bray Wyatt, put LA Knight on the map the, earlier this year. And I think, honestly, this segment, this promo, the match, I think that that might be one of the best things LA Knight has done. Absolutely incredible stuff. He um, talked about The Miz a little bit because they're feuding right now, but then he used Bray Wyatt's run in there. And I thought that was really cool. What do you guys think of this? I had a lot of fun with the match. Uh, like you said, uh, LA Knight's, trajectory has completely changed and that has been bray wyatt's story uh, for years now everyone he goes against their trajectory changes going forward something about their personality or their character is different and it's never acknowledged but it happens every time uh so yeah maybe it's a coincidence that absolutely everybody loves it la night right now but it's absolutely because everybody was talking about him after the pitch black match whether it was positive or negative 
Yeah, absolutely. I I, th- I think for sure that's definitely what skyrocketed him into the current um, thing he's doing right now, and he's super over. And I think he's great. Don't get me wrong. And uh, but I do think Ray White absolutely helped him with that. So, like La Knight said, he he does what he does, and he makes people better. Yeah, he makes them prepared for things to go. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, not Bray Wyatt related, but LA Knight's Miz impersonation was fucking incredible. Um, <laughs> I'll just say that real quick. Um, but yeah. Um, then the end of the show. Yeah. Uh, LA Knight's walking back. And then they did the whole like theme music start where like the light shut off. And I was like, oh no, what is happening? And then they show the lantern in the middle of the ring with smoke rising and they showed a picture of Bray Wyatt, like the coolest picture ever, by the way, on the big screen. And I lost it. That, that right there is when I was like, fuck that. Honestly, that was like right. Th- that was the be- most beautiful tribute ever right there at the end of SmackDown. Um, what do you guys think of that one? I agree. I- yeah. Joe. Uh, yeah, I, I, <sighs> There's not much else to say about that besides, yeah, it was a, it was a fitting tribute. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I could tell that the crowd was a little caught off guard by the fiend yeah. <laughs> lighting. Mm-hmm. I don't think they remembered or or whatever. It, but you know, once you once they kind of realized it was, everybody had their fireflies out and everything. And yeah, um, yeah no, it's just it's just a great uh, tribute. I I thought the show overall was fine. But the but the tributes were, of course, the highlight of the show as they should have been. Absolutely, so. absolutely, yeah. Like just a shitty, shitty week in wrestling, and uh, we we wanted to get on here and just talk about Bray Wyatt, a little bit of Terry Funk, the best we could with Terry Funk. Um, and I'm really happy we were able to have Chris on here. Um, like I said, Chris might be—he's probably—he's definitely the biggest Bray Wyatt fan that I know. Um, he might be the biggest out there. He's a so thank you so much uh chris do you want to plug any of your social media so people can go see your amazing artwork uh you did that earlier uh yeah. at l noodles on instagram uh yeah come find me if you want i make a lot of stuff i make a lot of everything uh, yeah. uh for a second uh, this isn't too cheesy to say i mean, a lot of people say it about people that they love but bray wyatt it was a hundred percent an inspiration to me He's the reason why I'm creating anything again. And uh, I'll miss him forever. We've suffered a horrible loss this week. Absolutely. Um, Are you thinking of any like tribute pieces? Too early to think about that? Absolutely. But I'm I'm definitely going to make something. Yeah. Uh, Well, whatever you do, I'll be there supporting it. Uh, I'm very excited uh, for the potential of that. Um, But yeah. Um, Joe, anything you want to add before we end the show here? Uh, look, yeah, this is this has been, of course, since we've done this podcast, this has been by far the worst week as in terms of wrestling news. Um, goes, I, it's really unfortunate that we had we had a uh, episode in the can that's gone forever. Um, there'll be plenty to talk about next week as far as wrestling goes. So if if you feel like you've missed out on the wrestling, don't. We got pay-per-views to talk about and preview starting next week. But this week, we kind of just wanted to talk about two legends that we've lost. Um, 
But yeah, I guess uh, as of this recording, all in is tomorrow. So we'll have something to take our, our mind off of things. Um, even if even if you don't watch, go watch something. Um, yeah, absolutely. So I have, that, that, that's, I have li- I've, I've listened to every episode except for the one that y'all have just lost. And yeah. I agree 100 percent. This is the absolute worst week in wrestling. Absolutely. During the time of y'all's podcast. Yeah. Uh, right. But as, this is as such far a busy back as I care to remember. Too. Yeah, for sure. It's it's such a busy like this two week stretch is so busy. And and I kind of felt bad when I was writing the notes earlier this week because I was like, man, there is no news to talk about besides like the cash wheeler situation. There was nothing. And I was like, I kind of had this weird feeling because usually there's at least four or five news tidbits to bring up. And we did the show and everything. And then Jordan tells me, oh, the audio's fried. And then the next day, Bray Wyatt and Terry Funk are both gone by then. And I'm like, well, I guess we can uh, do something else, kind of pivot and uh, call an audible and do something else. So that's where we're at. Yeah. And I, I mean, next week, it probably wouldn't have been. We, we're going to have a lot of like stuff to talk about. So I figured, well, let's salvage it and just have a nice little show about two wrestling legends. And that's what we did. But um, yeah. Uh, again, thank you so much, Chris. Uh, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, I hope you were able to just relax and uh, maybe enjoy us talking about the live of uh, Bray Wyatt. And uh, I really appreciate you listening. And if you guys want to, come back next week for more Stolen Gimmicks. We're really glad that you are our friend. And this is a friendship that will never, ever end.